often vulgar, always explicit, and sometimes funny. Slap box. Slap box. Welcome to Slap Box Podcast. This is episode 386. I am your host, Josh Albrecht, and I am uh, sitting here in the Slapbox Bunker solo, 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 here by my lonesome. Uh, perhaps I'll have a phone call at some point. We'll see. But as of right now, it's just just me. You're getting me all to yourself in those headphones or whatever device you perhaps might be listening to this on. Uh I've got somewhat of a actually done some show prep because it's a little bit hard to talk by myself, you know, keep a conversation going with myself. So I did actually write some notes. I, uh, for the most part, wanted to talk about maybe some travel tips because uh, I'll get to that here in a bit. But uh, I, I just started thinking about too. Uh, I've been watching a lot of those YouTube videos on scam baiting just really getting into uh kit boga and uh irl rosie uh and shit uh there's another one there's something media but i forgot the name of those guys there's two guys there's a russian guy and like an american guy that do it they're really good but the uh irl rosie usually does the alexa voice which she just does like this awesome alexa voice then Kit Boga usually does like an older grandmother voice kind of thing, and then they'll have the Russian in there. When like when they combine their forces, it's pretty it's pretty good stuff. It's pretty good. But I've been tempted to contact some of the these scam baiters on YouTube to because uh, just they're good. I, I thought about maybe calling some of these scammers myself, but I've been nonstop fucking nonstop at like three at least like three phone calls at least during the week from these scammers, and it's uh, the one I keep getting is that they're going to cancel my social security benefit or the benefits or just my straight up number. I don't I don't remember if it was the number or what, but it's nonstop. I get in that automated message and I, I like I'm very tempted to uh get a hold of one of the scam baiters. Like uh I just don't think I would do as good of a job with them. I or maybe I just have to practice. You know? It's a good thing, you know, wasting the time of these scammers. I mean, the uh because the the more time I can waste of a scammer's time, the more time they're not going to be scamming somebody, and they pay out a fortune uh, making these phone calls. Like the long, like uh, some of these scam baiters will keep them on the line for like three, four hours or longer. It gets ridiculous. Like they <laughs> they really hook those guys. Because you know, uh, usually those call centers are in, in India, but uh, it's uh, it's true service to the society what they're doing there. Is that I should definitely give them some numbers that they can call. Uh, anyway, what I what the main goal for tonight, like the I uh, what I was looking into talking about is uh, I've been getting into uh, programming a little bit, learning uh, some languages like uh, Python, uh, computer language, and uh, HTML and CSS for uh, web development and uh, I've been putting together a uh, travel blog site. Which I had kind of looked into in the past, and I thought maybe because with this podcast, I uh, I just use a template. Uh, I go through HostGator; that's where my servers go through and all that. There, uh, and 
that's who I get my domain name through. Then I use WordPress to go through like HostGator and WordPress has all kinds of different templates and stuff. So, I mean, if you've been to the website, if that's how you're listening to this and you realize it's not really the greatest website. So <laughs> like I just copy and paste, get a template, copy and paste. It's I'm not doing any real rocket science to get this stuff up. I mean, it doesn't look quite like a old 90s website or like, uh, you know, early Internet days. Uh like or if you go to uh what is it uh I forget the uh, cult's name but uh they're the ones that kill themselves with the following the comet if the, you go to their website it's still the original website it's like old as shit which makes it even kind of creepier and I still don't know who uh, runs that website and uh <laughs> Heaven's Gate Heaven's Gate that's the name of the damn uh weird cult anyway so I'm looking into doing this travel site and I'm putting it together. Uh, I imagine at some point I will put it online, but I'm pretty far off from that because I'm still learning on how everything works and I've got a lot of info and everything that I want to put up on there. And uh, I definitely uh, have to go back to find the information. You know, well, you know, it's been years since some of the uh, trips that I've had overseas. So my recollection of things is not maybe the greatest, say, like my first trip to Russia or uh, going to Ireland at this point. It's it's not quite so crystal clear, but thankfully I've, uh, <laughs> I have recorded many podcasts. We've been doing this podcast since... St. Patrick's Day of 2012. So, I mean, we're coming on eight years at this point. And I started traveling to Europe every year since uh, 2014. It was my first trip to Russia. Um, And I was earlier, went back and listened. It's really weird. It's kind of cool. I mean... You know, we don't get a whole lot of listeners to this podcast. Uh, perhaps that's some of my laziness of actually doing a better job producing things and getting it out there. But uh, it's definitely, uh, man, I, searching for these podcasts. But I went back earlier to listen to uh, the podcast I made after I first went to Ireland uh, back in 2015. And it's weird because it's like it's not me. Like it, I hear me talk about it with it fresh in my brain. Then it's like like my memory of it's a little different now. So, um, <laughs> but it's I've got to go back and listen to these podcasts. It's good that I have this stuff that I can go back and I can make it. I can remember it a little bit better, and I can go back and write this stuff. But I figured today I would go over some tips for traveling, and uh, now that I'm trying to put together this site and everything. So I guess, I mean, if you're really wanting to go overseas, mainly I, I figured I'd cover Ireland just because I've been there the most out of anywhere else. Been there three times. I've spent the equivalent of maybe a little over a month because there was times where I spent about two weeks there at a time. I don't know. I spent a lot of days there. This good, good old pl- place. Love to Ireland, you know. A very fantastic place. You get your 
pint of the black stuff and it's just it's just magical. Um I I do uh I I can't find where the my second trip to Ireland, but I know that uh if you want to go back and listen to like the first from the first trip of Ireland, it's uh, episode 143 of this podcast and then there's a uh, the third one is episode 262 um <laughs> and I'm looking at damn it I'm looking at the show notes uh and oh no that's no 262 was right before so it must have been 263 for the uh or somewhere close to there that I cuz it was in August and that was in August it was two it was somewhere between 263 and 264 that I uh went on there the third time but uh there's a, a show note I have here. Will I get a corn surprise? Now that has got to have something to do with, I guess that the first couple times, well, I guess every time really I went to Ireland, mainly the first two times because I ran a marathon there in Galway City. They have a, a thing for sweet sweet corn, and the first time I was kind of weirded out. By the second time, I was like, "Fuck it, let's." I'm it. Like when in Rome, you know, do as the Romans do. So. I got the sweet corn on my sandwiches, and it was good stuff. It was good. Like at the Subway, I had the uh, sweet onion chicken teriyaki with sweet corn, and it was magical. I also had an Apache pizza, which was pretty close to there in Galway City. I had a pizza with sweet corn on it. It might have been pepperoni. I don't remember what else was on there, but pretty awesome. Pretty good stuff. Wouldn't advise doing that the night before a marathon, but (laughs) all the same good stuff but uh i guess starting out like if you're gonna go to a foreign country and uh travel abroad you know there's a lot of things that you know obviously you know doing research is definitely a plus like travel advisor is a i've found a lot of uh answers to things using travel advisor i know that uh when i went to russia that first time i I tried to research a lot. I at least it seemed like I researched a lot, but definitely after going, it's like, oh fuck, you know, there was a lot of stupid mistakes I had made. Like I didn't think about uh, when I when I call my bank. You know, you need to obviously, you know, if you've traveled at all, you know that uh, your bank's gonna get red flags if you go somewhere and you use your debit card or credit card, even just in another state. They gener- they might uh, put a hold on your car, your account, and you won't be able to use it. So, you know, when traveling overseas, you wanna you wanna call your bank ahead of time, let them know. And what I did, <laughs> which I knew to do that before going to Russia, um, because obviously if I'm gonna have some charges in Russia, I would hope that my bank would throw up some red flags. And sure enough, they did. But I did call the bank beforehand, and I put a little travel notice in there and uh what i did not realize however though is that uh i had just called i guess the credit card department and apparently you need to call the credit card and the debit card department if you wanted to use both cards and so i was only able to use my credit card i didn't know that i went to use my debit card and that was not a thing and i made the silly mistake of using my phone that first time in russia I did not turn roaming on in the settings, so I was unable to use (laughs) 
like Google Maps or anything at that point, but that was still pretty early on Google Maps. I don't know that I would have used that a whole lot. But, uh, it wasn't to the degree it is today. Like the last few trips I've done overseas, I nonstop use Google Maps. It is the shit abroad. Um, but yeah, definitely call your bank. Let them know what days you're going. Uh, that is that is a definitely a must. Um, <clears throat> obviously, uh, if you're going to Russia, you might want to look into, you know, getting a visa. Visas are gonna they're gonna be pricey if you go through somebody. You can do it all yourself and save a lot of money that way. But I I have not done that. I've gone through uh, different agencies to go ahead and get the visa for me. Um, but it costs like about $400 to get a visa, uh, tourist visa, which I think only lasts a month for, uh, Russia, for the U S. But, uh, definitely, uh, keep things in mind. Like in Ireland, you're going there, you're going to want to rent a car. That is, you know, um, unless, unless there's just like, if you know that you're going to stay, like go to Ireland and you're just staying in Dublin the Dublin city. Like you, you're not going to need a car. <laughs> you're not going to, I mean, if you're not from a big city, you're probably not going to want to drive in Dublin. The traffic's pretty ridiculous in Northern Ireland for that matter too. If you go to Belfast, Belfast, I think was worse than driving in Dublin. Like I, I had a lot easier time driving in Dublin than in Belfast. But, uh, like if you, if your plan is to go to Ireland and you can, one great thing, like if you just want to go hang out in Dublin, Dub- there's no Dublin. <laughs> uh, <laughs> you you can schedule tours from Dublin with like hop on a tour bus, and from Dublin they take tours through like all out of, all over Ireland. So if you go from Dublin to say. Uh, Giant's Causeway. Giant's Causeway is like as far north as you can go. I think. I think that's probably about the. It's Northern Ireland, but it's pretty. It's got to be like one of the most northern spots I believe in in Ireland. It may not be the most, but uh, yeah. So that's like one way you go go about it. But I would recommend just renting a car to go there, and I would spend at least a couple of days driving around yourself. It's really not if you're an American it's not that hard to uh adjust to driving over there. Uh I myself I purchased a GPS for driving there and I had uh put Ireland maps on it and I spent a good deal of money doing that. It's probably cheaper now. And you can also I mean you can also just use Google Maps, but you're going to burn through if your data and kind of run up your phone bill if you're constantly using that. I just if whenever I travel to Ireland, I just bring my my GPS, or you can you can just rent a car with the GPS, and of course that's going to be a little pricey, but uh, <coughs> definitely helps. And the street signs there uh, in the cities are a little weird, like uh, they were a little hard to find. I, if I recall, they were uh, on buildings and kind of out of the way, so <laughs> it was weird spots. Um, and a big important thing, if you rent a car there, uh, it, it's so much, uh, uh, you definitely, this is like a must, I definitely recommend paying for the more expensive insurance because it's very likely that you will hit something. The roads there are very narrow. Um, in the cities, 
not so much. But you get into the most of Ireland's really rural. You know, there's not there's only like three, four like big cities in Ireland. And every everywhere else it's very, very narrow roads, no shoulders, a lot of overgrowth hanging over, and you're gonna find there's a lot of roads where uh it's two lanes of traffic, yet there's uh, only enough room for really for one lane, and it gets it gets a little dicey at times. <laughs> I smoked a car sign, uh, a car uh, a parking sign, uh, when I was traveling through a small little uh, city in uh, Western Ireland, and uh, thought I hit a parked car. Did not. It turned out to be a sign, and fucked the car up more than I did the sign, but. <laughs> Uh, I paid, thankfully I paid for the more expensive insurance and uh, it worked out. I didn't have to, I didn't have to worry, worry anymore. I didn't have to pay any extra. I thought for sure I was going to get some bill like l- down the line. I was going to get a little, little extra something taken out of a credit card, but, uh, no, no, that, uh, that worked out. And that was a little advice I had picked up on, uh, on travel advisor. I believe it was, uh, they've got a lot of Q and a on there, like blog posts and such. And you can go on there and post questions to the community. Like people get on there or answer it, or you can usually find uh, questions I have usually answered on there. Uh, I've never had <coughs> anything that uh, I looked up that I really couldn't find. Another thing, like again, I rec- definitely recommend driving because if you want to see all of Ireland, it's just so much easier to get in a car. Now, granted, if you there's Again, tour bus. I the touring companies there are really good. I had a lot of good experiences taking tour buses there and such. But there's things that you're just not going to. There are things even if you are staying in Dublin uh, <clears throat> that you can't quite get a tour bus to. Like uh, like Skellig Michael. There's no tour that takes you, or maybe there is now, but there's no tour that's going to take you from Dublin or Galway City to Skellig Michael you're going to end up having to find a ride there somehow but it just it becomes more convenient if you want to do everything and you've got less time to just get a car and drive most of those places I would I would suggest at least having a few days uh, with a car and then plan out the things that you really were going to drive to and hit those places up and then maybe the last day stay in like Dublin and then jump on some tour groups uh <clears throat> yeah uh I lost m- <laughs> I had something else there I was gonna uh mention with that there was the um yeah uh Dublin though oh yeah okay so if you're uh when you fly in I've found when pricing uh, plane tickets, now I'm guessing, I believe, don't quote me on Dublin. I, I know it's the biggest city in the Republic of Ireland. Um, I think it's still bigger than Belfast, but maybe maybe not. Belfast is pretty big. Um, so I, I'm not. I've never been to the airport in Belfast, but I know that Dublin's definitely the biggest airport in like the Republic of Ireland. And basically, for international flights in the Republic of Ireland, you're down to either uh, Shannon Airport, which is uh, Western Ireland, 
which is uh, not too far from uh, Galway City. Um, but Dublin, which is on the East Coast, that is has a lot more flights going into it, and it's an international airport, of course. I found that whenever I've priced tickets, it's usually like two, $200, $200 to $300 cheaper to fly into Dublin. But, however, i found that most of the things I like to go visit now, granted, I haven't really done a whole lot on the East Coast other than hang out in Dublin, like the city. I haven't uh, spent a whole lot of time in like Dublin County and gone to like uh, the natural, uh, like or the coastline and seen like uh, anything else outside of the city really in Dublin. So <clears throat> I'm sure there's some cool things, but the West, I mean, Western coast of Ireland is the way to go. The wild Atlantic way has just got fantastic stuff. I mean, I believe uh, the number one tourist attraction in all of Ireland is probably the Cliffs of Moher. You may have, if you've seen uh, The Princess Bride, it is the Cliffs Insanity in that movie. It's in one of the Harry Potter movies as well. I think I may have seen one, perhaps two of those. I don't think it was in one of the two that I'd seen. (laughs) So I couldn't tell you which which film it was in, but is I it might even be in some other films. But there's of course that that is uh those clips. The first time I went there it was magical and I went through uh I had taken a tour group from Dublin, it was through the Dublin tour company, but then it met up with the Galway tour company. So I guess those are one and the same. I'm not sure how exactly that works. But uh that was like pos- that was definitely like the greatest tour well there's a toss up between the greatest tour I've ever had in Europe was between the that first tour I took to the Cliffs of Moher and my tour in Bavaria, uh the Munich beer food and beer tour. But uh it wasn't really so much the sights that I saw, it was just the people I I was hanging out with, the experience that I had. But like uh the site Dublin or uh the Cliffs of Moher, the first time I went there, magical. And the tour guide was fucking awesome. Uh, her name's Laura. I'm not sure if she still works there. Um, so if you go, go there, like, try to get Laura as a tour guide. She is total rock star. Um, but I was looking up earlier because I was t- looking up uh, stuff for this. And I I don't know yet if I will make a uh, out of this country this year. I've got uh, a lot of medical bills and such, and pr- apparently I don't have, uh, according to the CT scan I had done this Monday, I don't have uh, kidney stones, so maybe they're phantom stones. I don't know, but uh, I, I know I've had prost- prostatitis, and I could just be having chronic pain uh, from that. The infection's gone. Anyway, <laughs> I may not be able to afford to travel. This is the point I'm getting to. Um, however, I was looking at things of Ireland, and I did not realize until I, I uh, so now the Skellig Michael, which I got to say is definitely one of the coolest places, if not the coolest place that I was at in Ireland. Now, if you're not a, if you are a Star Wars fan, fan, it, uh, it's definitely, uh, 
you'll recognize Skellig Michael as the uh, Octo uh, planet from uh, Force Awakens, Last Jedi, and it's a little bit in this last one, The Rise of Skywalker. Uh, is the island that Luke Skywalker is at. Now, it was cool being that I'm not too crazy about The Last Jedi, <laughs> but I went there before I saw The Last Jedi, and even if it wasn't a Star Wars filming location, it's an amazing place. This is an island seven miles off the coast of the Ring of Kerry, and there's 600 stone steps you got to climb, and they are, if you Google search that, and look at the steps for this place, I mean, those things are fucking serious. They are just stone slabs, tossed into the ground and there's most of the places nowhere to grab onto it's a death trap and uh <laughs> it, it's some work climbing up those stairs i was in pretty good shape when i went up that i was dealing with some knee injuries but i was in pretty good shape and uh I, my heart was uh pounding pretty good when i got to the top of there but it is definitely a sight to see now you can only go there i believe three months out of the year uh during the summer months and there's only a few boats that you can uh, go out there. You're going to want to book that in advance. I it would say a good like three, four months. Try to book it like three months in advance because they sell out quick. They're only allowed to bring something like 30-something people out there a day. And the fishing boats f- seat maybe eight people or so. It's it's not a big thing. And uh, the area around there, there's not a whole lot. There's only only like one big hotel I don't know about big, but uh, the best hotel really to go stay at was actually the crew for Star Wars stayed at. It was in uh, the Ring of Kerry, uh, the Butler Arms Hotel, um, and also Charlie Chaplin. Fun fact, you stay there. But as I was looking up Skeleton Michael earlier, I found some articles. Now, I don't know if they're doing it this year, but I found of last year, and I guess the last couple of years, there is... A May the 4th Be With You festival in Ireland. And uh, <laughs> this is uh, this is on the wild at, well, wildatlanticway.com forward slash Star Wars here. Um, which I'm surprised is not dot, dot IE, but I guess there's this is supposed to be more for American customers. But uh, it's, so I'm going to put on me my best Irish voice while I go ahead and read over a little bit of some of this, you know. This is, uh, again, a little bit old of an article. It's talking about last year, but uh, this is Star Wars out of this world at the edge of the world. And uh, from epic, epic sunsets to crashing waves, misty mountain passes and ancient stone fortresses, there's something otherworldly about the wild Atlantic we as the force of the Atlantic battles against the jagged defences of the western seaboard. The people, the adventures, and the landscapes combined to offer an experience that's truly out of this world. The place like nowhere else and an escape and a chance to be there. Really there. The diversity, the uniqueness of the route is not going unnoticed with its unearthly chasms, cathedral-shaped islands setting the scene for one of the most iconic in much-loved film universes, Star Wars, uh, explore craggy cliffs and far-flung islands, and walk in the footsteps of kings, filmmakers, and seafarers, Jedi and holy men with a visit to some of these dramatic filming locations. However, not all otherworldly experiences are confined to land and sea, along the clear, unpolluted skies 
of the wild Atlantic way. Under bright twinkling stars, fortunate sky scanners can sometimes spot Aurora Borealis, also known as Dunardin Lights, which I would love to, uh, I mean, I'd love to see the Northern Lights, and it'd be great to see it in Ireland, but uh, let's continue on. And under those beautiful skies within all those far away galaxies, it's easy to imagine if there is life out there, they must be aware of the car- charms of the wild Atlantic way too. Uh, but yeah, I mean, it goes on, and there's a uh, reading, knowing that they've got this uh, May the Fourth festival. I mean, makes me like, oh fuck, I should definitely get up on this and uh, just say fuck it and like put more money on the credit card. And because uh, I'm looking at these pictures here, and there are full on, they got the 501st Legion. They're in their deck, fully decked out Star uh, Star Wars Stormtrooper outfits, and one of them looks like he it has my luggage bag, my Amazon, my Amazon hard shell case. That is like for that is a premonition here. Of me, that means does this mean? I need to get a stormtrooper costume and fly to Ireland? Perhaps. Perhaps so. And, uh, oh man, looks like that guy's Kong or Connemara, but it's, I guess it's County Kerry. Uh, Taringa Kerry, you know, getting the pictures. Oh, you got, you got May the 4th Festival in Marlinhead in a show or the, uh, May the 4th Festival in Port McGee. Now, Port McGee, that's where you'd be taking your boat to, uh, go to the landing tour on the Skellig Michael. And uh, if you get there early enough in the year, you get too late. I, I got to Skellig Michael in August. It was like the second week of August, first or second week of August. And I missed by a day seeing puffins. Puffins migrate there, from what I understand, a couple of months out of the year. And I missed it by a fucking day. So. You might want to look into when the puffins are there, because I mean it's puffins. Puffins are cool. <laughs> I saw a lot of birds, a lot of large birds, but I didn't see any fucking puffins. I was disappointed. But I'm looking at all these pictures, and it's just fantastic. Stormtroopers everywhere, and uh, I feel like I missed out. Uh, <laughs> it's calling me. Oh, oh, hold on, hold on. I'm reading here. This is uh, things to do under the Maidafart Bewitchia Festival. That most momentous of days in the Star Wars lover's calendar, Maidafart Bewitchia Festival 2019, made its much-anticipated return to the wild Atlantic Way, which was a huge success with 2020 festival dates yet to be confirmed. Keep an eye out. I hear for more made fourth excitement coming to a galaxy not so far away soon. So, ooh, soon! Now, I I did uh, this last May the 4th. I was on vacation. I, I did, that was when I had was in Russia last. And that's unfortunately when also when Peter Mayhew passed away. And I did, I did get a, uh, this is not a travel tip, but I did get the Russian uh, nesting doll, or a Matryoshka doll, I believe is what they call it, um, with Vader on the outside, 
Yoda on the end, Sky Luke Skywalker, Obi Wan, and then R two. R two doesn't look so great. Luke Skywalker either. The real kind of downfall though. Vader looks good, but they gave him like a a white lightsaber. Should have been red. Should have been red. I paid enough for it. Should have been. That was me celebrating May the Fourth. That was my last May the Fourth. <laughs> paying overpaying for this Matryoshka doll. It was like a hundred something dollars I paid for that. But I felt like I had to. I mean, P- Peter Mayhew died. Felt like I had to. But I keep looking at this picture. From, I, I'm not sure if that's that might be Port McGee or that might be near the Butler Arms Hotel. It might where these stormtroopers are standing. I feel like maybe that is. Uh, well, maybe that, I. I don't reckon. I mean it. I know that I stood there at one point. <laughs> There's, it totally has my, my luggage bag, so I definitely have to do that. Fucker. Steal my luggage. It's definitely... And, oh, and if you go to uh, another thing, if you're a fan of Game of Thrones, that the last season didn't uh, ruin you for the Game of Thrones, which was the last two seasons. I mean, it was pretty rough stuff. Uh, you still like the early seasons of Game of Thrones. I mean, there's... A lot of Game of Thrones. Game of Thrones filmed in Northern Ireland. That's where their, their main studio was. Northern Ireland. Out there and uh, up there in Belfast. Um, but yeah. Game of Thrones tour. It's good stuff. I know that you can take tours from Dublin City to like Belfast. And usually, I don't think they actually filmed Giant's Causeway. But that's probably the biggest tourist attraction in Northern Ireland. Is going to Giant's Causeway. Um, and they've got the, uh, rocks that look like they were man-made, but they were not. Um, it's definitely a sight to see quite, you, there's some cliffs out there you can stand on and the, the rocks that are shaped. There's a whole thing with Finn McCool, the giant Finn McCool. (laughs) I gotta look at, all right, I gotta tell you the story of Finn McCool now that I'm talking about it. I gotta, Finn McCool, uh. I don't remember. It's some crazy story. Become uh, hail Finn McCool. Um, this is uh, this is on Wikipedia, so you know, this is Fian uh, Finn McCool, old and Middle Irish Finn Finder Finn, dear Finn. Usually rendered as Finn McCool or Finn McCool in English. Was a mythical hunter warrior of Irish mythology occurring Oh wait, this is damn it. Where is the story? No, I thought Finn McCool had to do with Giants Causeway. Perhaps not. Let's uh Giants Causeway. Uh, do 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 search and search and search and Sucks I can't talk and type at the same time very well. Uh, let's see. Yeah, Legend. That that ought to give me one. The story that's pretty ridiculous here. Um, let's see. Geology Legend. Okay, according to Legend... Well, hold on. Let's read what Wikipedia here has to say about the Giant's Causeway. Give me a little idea of uh, what you're looking at here. Uh, Giants Causeway is an area about 40, inter, uh, of about 40,000 interlocking basalt columns, the result of an ancient volcanic fissure eruption 
It's located in County Antrim on the north coast of Northern Ireland, about three miles northeast of town of Bushmills, where they make the uh, Bushmills whiskey, by the fun fact. It's declared a World Heritage Site by UNESCO in 1986. Okay, now here, let's go to the legend. This is the good stuff right here. Um... According to legend, the columns are the remains of a causeway built by a giant. The story goes that the Irish giant Finn McCool, uh, from the Finnian cycle of Gaelic mythology, was challenged to fight by the Scottish giant Benendonner. Fionn accepted the challenge, built the causeway across North Channel so that the two giants could meet. In one version of the story, Fionn defeats Ben and Donner, and then other Fionn hides from Ben and Donner when he realizes that his foe is much bigger than he is. Fionn's wife, Una, disguises Fionn as a baby and tucks him in a in a cradle. When uh, Ben and Donner sees the size of the baby, he reckons that his father, Fionn, must be a giant among giants. He flees back to Scotland in fright, destroying the causeway behind him so that Fionn would be unable to chase him down. Across the sea, there are identical basalt columns, a part of the same ancient lava flow at Fingal's Cave uh, on the Scottish Isle of Staffa. It is possible that the story was influenced by this. In uh, overall Irish mythology, Finn McCool is uh, not a giant, but a hero with supernatural abilities. Contrary to what his particular legend may suggest in fairy and folk tales of the Irish peasantry, uh, it is noted that over time, the pagan gods of Ireland grew smaller and smaller in the popular imagination. To they turned to the fairies, uh, the pagan heroes grew bigger and bigger, and until they turned into the giants. Uh, there are no surviving pre-Christian stories about the giant's causeway, but it may have originally been associated with the Fomerians. Uh, the Irish name Clohan uh, ne, oh he can't pronounce that one <laughs> oh he mean one it uh, means stepping stones of Fomhara uh, the former uh, race of supernatural beings in Irish mythology who were sometimes described as giants and, uh, who may have originally been part of a pre-Christian pantheon that's uh, uh, yeah giants causeway the columns though pretty cool stuff when I went there I was lucky. Uh, you could actually go out and stand on the stones, and I ate my lunch on the stones. And the tour guide, she was really cool. I don't recall her name. If I went back and listened to the podcast, and once I came, that was when I the last time I went. So that was in 2017, and she was cool. It was a Game of Thrones tour. I had been to the cliffs before there at uh, Giant's Causeway and almost gotten blown off. But the, the last time I went, the weather was a little bit better. And super, super cool tour guide. The first time I went, I didn't have a tour guide. I just went by myself. But the second time, she was super cool. And she said, make sure you go out here and you have your lunch out here in the rocks. And uh, I just want to want to thank you because uh, like it because like five years from now, they're they're not allowing anybody else out on the rocks. They're uh, too much damage to the rocks and they want to see it. Uh, so go out there, eat your lunch out there and uh and I, I want to thank you for ruining my heritage. <laughs> so, uh, it was very, very, uh, Irish got a great sense of humor. I find the female tour guides there to be just awesome. The guy, I mean, I had some cool, uh, male tour guides, but they're just, just not the rock stars. 
that the females were. Oh, they got the great stories, you know, the great stories. And uh, I'm not sure if they all kissed the Blarney Stone like I did, but uh, definitely they uh, have the gift of the gab, which uh, I don't know that uh, if I noticed a difference after I, I kissed the Blarney Stone. Maybe it wore off a little bit. I mean, there's literally been millions of people, it got to be millions of people that have kissed that damn Blarney Stone at this point. And if you want to go kiss the Blarney Stone, I don't think... I don't recall, at least from a Dublin, any of the Dublin hotels I stayed at, there being a tour. I'm sure there's probably got to be a tour that'll take you from Dublin to Cork, which Cork is where you go to uh, if you want to go to Blarney Castle and kiss the Blarney Stone. It's in Cork, which that was the only part of Cork I saw. I didn't actually like go into the city really, uh, but uh, the grounds around Blarney Castle very nice. But again, I'm not sure if you can take a lot of tours. I'm sure you can hire a private tour thing or go by tour by train, perhaps from uh, Dublin to Cork, kiss the Barney Stone, but uh, it's definitely a thing that uh, it's an interesting thing. You get like an old, the old dude was there uh, when I did it. He was, dude was old, old. He had to be like 80. Uh, (laughs) Strong as an ox though. He seemed very strong. Hold me up over the side of this castle. It didn't seem to be a big problem. Don't worry though. I mean, you are really high up and you are hanging off the side of a castle however there is an old guy that's pretty strong holding you and there are bars all around you that are making it pretty hard for you to like fall out of there I mean you're you're holding on to bars and there's bars above your head there's there's not there's unless you're like super thin <laughs> like I don't see how you could like fall from there like it's just a little uh, disorienting like when you go to stand up you don't want to fall over <laughs> But you know, you get an old Irish guy, and he might fuck with you, make you seem, make it seem like he might drop you. No, you know, <laughs> a big old joke. Yeah, <laughs> you fall off the castle. Uh, you'd only, oh, you'd only be like the third one this week that I dropped. You know, that. Uh, yeah, of course, you know, Blarney Stone. I mean, I've got sloppy seconds from some pretty awesome people. I mean, the actor Michael Madsen, uh, Winston Churchill, and Mick Jagger. I mean. I'm sure there's been a lot more than that. It's like I've shared things with them. Although it would have been way after Churchill. I feel like I didn't get much left. Some other people got a lot more Churchill than me. Like a couple of million people did. <laughs> so, yeah, that being said, you know, Ireland's a good place. Maybe I maybe I will find my way back there and go to the maid of her wild Atlantic festival you know uh they if you want to go like party too fun fact ireland there's a festival almost every fucking weekend they have they like to party the those people there so definitely and if if you drink alcohol but you don't like guinness i suggest even just try guinness there just do yourself a favor i hated it before i went changed my life was like the oh, it's a magical day, Guinness. You know, it it'll cure all your problems. As, uh, as I'm looking at uh, Better Call Saul over here, season uh, the next season. Anyway, <laughs> um, yes. So one thing I I didn't do that uh, I mean, if I go back, 
I would like to just go the whole wild Atlantic way. From my understanding, I believe it's the wild Atlantic way is just basically like the whole West Coast. I think it starts around like the wing, wing, the ring of Kerry, <laughs> and just goes like all the way up. Uh, <clears throat> I would like to just drive that whole coastline because uh, I don't think it would take real long. It'd probably be like a eight hour drive or something if you went straight through there, but it would be pretty tight. Maybe just stay a couple of days here and there along the the route. But uh, it, I know if again if going back to flights if you're going to the west coast it's a lot easier to fly into Shannon again you're going to pay like 2 to 300 dollars more for those plane tickets most likely but you're probably only like an hour or so away from wherever you're going in the west west coast unless you're going like far north cuz it's more towards the south where uh, Shannon airport is but uh like to give you an idea when I drove from Dublin to uh, the Ring of Kerry which is where you're going to want to go if you go to Skellig Michael it was I'm looking it up here it took it was like a good 5-6 hour drive oh here it says Four hours and nineteen minutes, but I believe it took me more closer to five hours from the airport to uh, Butler Arms Hotel, which was pretty much the coast. So, uh, if I look that up, but it it's it's a good long drive. <laughs> um, it's definitely like. And for me, now I hate driving long distance. I am not, uh, I, I hate it. So, uh, <laughs> it's funny that I've driven a lot by myself. I've driven by myself longer there than I ever have here. The longest I've ever, I mean, ever driven by myself here in the States, you know, maybe two, three hours there. <laughs> And that's that seems like a stretch. Um, I've done it plenty, like an hour and a half, two hours, but three hours, I don't know, maybe, maybe I have. But there, I drove for like twelve hours in a day. Uh, and that last time I went, I drove. Okay, from Dublin Airport to Butler Arms Hotel, it's four hours and twenty six minutes. Unless there's a lot of traffic. Um, <coughs> fun fact so if you if you want to go stay there and go Skellig Michael anyway <laughs> I think the last time I went there I just flew from I had one stop it was in Chicago went from Chicago straight into Dublin and that I want to say is like about a six hour flight from Chicago to Dublin so <laughs> I don't recall what the layover was like in Chicago, but I would imagine it was probably a good two hours or so, two, three hours, maybe longer. No, probably not longer. It's usually about, usually when I take a direct flight from Chicago overseas, it's usually about two, three hour layover. But uh, <clears throat> it was something like that. So I <laughs> I flew for six hours and then, you know, like a flight before that and like a layover. And then I got into a car and drove for about five hours. 
So uh, I I would not have survived that trip without uh, Red Bull. But it's weird, like like here, like why I'm really bad at at dozing off while driving long distance. One of the reasons why I really don't like to do it. So <laughs> for me to be by myself and do like a long trip like that is pretty crazy. And uh, it took a lot for me to get out of my uh, comfort zone to do that. Just had to go and do it. Now it's like, eh, I'll fucking do it. Yeah, it's just kind of a thing. Um, but yeah, it's uh, when you I I've always found once I've gotten to where I'm going, like flying overseas, that I'm amped up pretty good when I get there. I mean, everything's exciting. There's there's a lot going on. A little nervous, uh, especially if it's like the first time I've ever been there. Uh, <laughs> so the first hour or so driving, it's a little hard to doze off, but uh, after that, I'm going to probably need some caffeine to help me along the way. So, uh, you know, but maybe there, you know, you, uh, enjoy driving long distance. It's, uh, Ireland, like I was saying earlier though, you get the one lane traffic or roads that really only fit one lane but if you're going on like the major major motorways it's a lot like the interstate here and you can drive faster i think it's uh the max speed there's 120 kilometers i don't remember what that translates to in miles per hour but uh <clears throat> the motorways they're they're pretty nice uh, there's not a lot a whole lot of main motorways though if you're going through northern ireland you're gonna have to drive through a lot of roundabouts and it Northern Ireland kind of sucks to drive around. Well, depending on where you're going, some I'm sure there's some motorways through certain areas. But if you, one benefit, if you're going to go from Galway City to Dublin City, there's a big main motorway that through there, and it's not that bad of a drive. <coughs> it's only a few hours. Where I stand, uh. Just a couple of years before I went the first time, they had just built that highway, so, and it took off a couple of hours drive from that. Um, so yeah. Although, uh, you know, maybe I won't make it to Ireland. Maybe, but maybe I could at least go to Canada uh, and go up, go up north and see what that's all about. Uh, I would like to go to still. Go see the Canadian Rockies. Go to uh, Banff National Park up in Calgary. And see Lake Louise. Drink some water right out of the glacier-fed lakes, you know. I like pure water. Maybe that would help clear out my kidneys and stop giving me the the pain. Oh, the pain. Kind of sad that, uh, that the CT scan didn't show... Uh, kidney stones I was kind of hoping that I could go past one at work at like the urinal so I could you know just have some bloody piss on the urinal and they're like oh there's a stone although I'm kind of hoping I still find a stone I have read that CT scan can miss some of that stuff but I mean the urine culture I would think with urine culture not showing any crystals and nothing really showing up on the scan that I probably don't have you know kidney stones but it would be fun to pass that at work and you know co-workers hearing me make some really horrible sounds like a dying whale or something in the bathroom 
That'd be fantastic. <laughs> I wouldn't want anybody to have to clean it up though. That that would not be that would not be cool. <laughs> uh yeah, so uh I'm gonna shit. Take a drink of water here. This is uh it's good audio because uh that's what I like to do here. Ooh, another thing I wanted to uh mention. Um I finally got around to uh to playing this game I've seen a lot, a lot of YouTubers play. I first came to know about it from the uh well, she's mainly on Twitch, but you can see her on YouTube too. Uh Sweet Anita. She's got Tourette's. She she recently uh recently people were trying to get her banned because uh I mean she's got Tourette's, she can't control I mean she's got tics and she'll say inappropriate things. She was saying like the N word and uh she you know immediately felt horrible about it. And uh but there was people trying to get her banned for it. Fuckers. Anyway, Sweet Anita. I saw her play this game and I finally got around to playing it. It is um see find the name of it it is getting over it with bennett foddy it came out in uh 2017 and this game is pretty fucking ridiculous it is basically you are a guy that is see uh his the character's name is diogenes um i'm not sure if that's how you pronounce it it's uh it revolt the this is what it says on Wikipedia here. Getting over it revolves around a silent man by the name of Diogenes, who, uh, somewhat true to his namesake, resides in resides in a large medical metal cauldron. There's water in that cauldron too, by the way. And wields a Yos- Yosemite hammer, or Yosemite, or Yosemite. Anyway, uh, which he can use to grip objects and move himself using the mouse or trackpad. Controllers are supported to make the game hard because of the lack of precision in the joysticks. The players try to move the man's upper body and sledgehammer in order to move, in order to climb a steep mountain. The game is accompanied by voiceover commentary by Bennett Foddy. Uh, he's a video game designer based in New York, uh, raised in Australia. Uh, discussing various philosophical, uh, philosophical topics during the game. Uh, but, uh, it's it's ridiculous. Apparently, a lot of and it's funny to watch YouTubers do it because there's a lot of uh, people flipping out. And Sweet Anita was fun watching her because she, you know, she <laughs> she starts having a lot of ticks and such, which I mean, I guess isn't quite funny. I guess it kind of is, but <laughs> but her reactions to it are, are pretty good. And the game, I just played it a little bit, but yeah, it gets a little ridiculous. It is. Speed runs, man. The speed runs, people can fly through this fucking thing. You go all the way up, and the the goal is to just get to the top of this mountain-esque thing that you climb, and you eventually have to make it into space. But is this guy, it looks very Irish. Is what really kind of, <clears throat> maybe that's what was really making me think of Ireland. But <laughs> this is a guy really like in a witch's cauldron with water coming out of it. He is shirtless. I'm may- probably naked, I'm assuming. And then he's got this fucking hammer that he, you just swing. You just move the mouse. There's no, you, The only control thing you can do is move the hammer. You just move the hammer. You, kinda, you can kind of use it as a pogo stick, but then you just stick it into shit and kind of pull yourself up with it. It is, it is infuriating hard. And you can't save. Well, I guess you can continue at points, but there's points where you fall and you 
you can't like there's no if you fall back down you can't just start back over at the top you have to start wherever you fucking fell to and there's no going back it's it's uh it's it's a tough one it's a tough one and uh <laughs> it's a difficult game it's meant to be a difficult game and uh i definitely uh it's it's interesting that one pretty simple uh concept for a game but like there's not like a whole lot of to it but it's fucking hard fucking hard fucking hard man you know we're trying to climb up that mountain with a little fucking rock hammer you know it's all like uh what that uh, Shawshank Redemption you know he's got a little rock hammer you know to to break through the to wall in the prison yeah you just imagine imagine Andy refrain climbing up a mountain while also being struck in a, stuck in a fucking cauldron as he takes this rock hammer and then tries to swing off it, pull it off it with a rock hammer. Oh, where's red when you need him, you know? <laughs> but yeah, that's basically basically how it is. Uh, <laughs> like, uh, rock hammer, you know, rock, rock hammer. Um, I did also uh, finally get into watching Witcher. I haven't played the video game yet. Liking the show. Henry Cavill's kind of getting in my brain, though. Those eyes. It's like they're owning me. They're, uh, like, he's sending me messages. And, uh, pretty good show, I'd say, for uh, the most part. I also went through and watched, uh, season two of Lost in Space. It's alright. It's alright. Uh, I am, uh, gonna watch the rest of The Witcher, though. And definitely am looking forward to Better Call Season 5, I think it is. February 23rd, I believe, is when that one comes out. That is definitely going to be some good stuff. I mean, you're going to get some Giancarlo Esposito, Mr. Gustavo Fring, and what, you know, there is a... It doesn't get any better than that to me. I mean, there is no better bad guy than Gustavo Fring. guy's fantastic. Fan fucking tastic. I enjoy seeing the pictures of him uh, posing with fans where he hold, where he shoots a dirty look and like holds a banana up to him like it's a gun. Pretty fantastic. Pretty fantastic. And uh, definitely want to see that. It is still weird though that it's way several years back, most of it before Breaking Bad, and yet they somehow make. Bob Odenkirk, they've hidden his age fairly well, and yet El Camino takes place sooner, <laughs> or well, later than uh, Better Call Saul, and yet everybody looks a lot older in El Camino. Now, granted, it has been a long time since Breaking Bad aired, but they did look a lot older. I, lo- I love me some Aaron Paul, but, you know, he's starting to look look older and he he's I believe they're still referring to him like he's a teenager in uh, El Camino or maybe just like early 20s and he's clearly not <laughs> I guess Odin Kirk since you know at least he's supposed to be uh you know older not like a teenager that it's maybe easier to believe I think what really threw me off is just on on El Camino is uh uh for, forgotten his name, but uh, 
you get uh, the guy that played Todd, uh, Jesse Hughes, I want to say his name is. Um, I believe that's his name. And he's also an El Camino, and he looks so much different in El Camino. Cause, and it's supposed to take place uh, within, you know, right before Breaking Bad ends the shit with, uh, with Todd. Because he dies in Felina, the last episode of Breaking Bad. So, I mean... It's a little weird to see him. Jesse Plemons. I was thinking Jesse Hughes. Jesse Hughes is the fucking front man of uh, Eagles of Death Metal. <laughs> yeah, anyway. My brain's a little little rusty. Uh, Jesse Plemons. But yeah, he put on a lot of weight. And uh, he was pretty young whenever the last season of Breaking Bad was. And he's, again, been several years. He looks quite a bit older. And uh, it's definitely... That took me out of it a little bit, but El Camino, good shit. Good, good, good stuff. And I guess that's uh I guess that's all I got. I uh um yeah. And hopefully uh if you're listening to this, yeah, go out, travel, do some stuff. Go somewhere. Get out of your comfort zone. Get uh get lost in a foreign country. That's always fun. Uh just remember, you know, if you have a cell phone, you know. You get uh, Google Maps, take the roaming off, go find your way. Or, uh, you know, just ask somebody for directions or what have you. As long as you're not in, like, Iran or North Korea, you'd probably be all right as an American. Even then, I've heard stories of people traveling there and being totally fine. So just don't. If you end up in North Korea, which we're not supposed to travel there anywhere now as Americans, uh, but... Don't steal a poster from there. You will go to da- jail and die, probably, like the one dude died. Died, But, uh, yeah, anywho. Uh, but I haven't traveled there. I can't tell you firsthand knowledge of North Korea. I don't think I probably ever will. <laughs> but who knows? I don't know that I ever thought that I was going to go to Ireland three times, and Russia twice, and Germany once. But yet I have, so who knows? Uh, well, uh, well, kitties. <laughs> As always, that's a kid in a wheelchair, not a trash can.